1: right now i want to say um finding a therapist is like dating i remember we did we did talk about that right it really is. you go on a couple of dates and you're like girl i don't know if he's it you're like bro she's i don't know and then you find your one you find your therapist and everything makes sense but- everyone welcome back to another episode of who can relate today is going to be probably my best episode to date this is no knock on any guest i've had it's just that what we're going to be talking about today is it hits home for me in a way that i i can't even explain it and um it is the sole um resource um tool that I have had that I use that works time and time again it's changed my life so um I brought on because she did hit me up and asked to come on I'm not gonna say bombard for the record
0: I bombarded. <laughs> it's okay to say bombard I'm here for that word
1: okay um <laughs> I have a licensed therapist which is just an honor I'm so humbled um mama made it kind of thing. I <laughs> just, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, let me, let me give the full bio cause I love when people have so much, I have to print it out. So let me introduce my guest, Ms. Keandra Jackson. She is known as America's number one relationship therapist. Ooh, that has to feel good. She has been seen on OWN's new hit TV show, Love Goals, and as a recurring expert on The Doctors, she's been recently featured in Oprah's Magazine, Essence, Women's Health, the New York Times, Fox, CBS, BET, The Huff Post, and as one of the 10 black sorry, the 10 black female therapists you should know. She's an award-winning speaker, best-selling author, TV personality, and a trusted, licensed marriage and family therapist that gets results. She's noted, she's a noted expert on healthy relationships and mental health. <sighs> Miss Keonja Jackson. <laughs> It is an honor and a pleasure to welcome you to the show.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Like, we we're talking about imposter syndrome. Like, every time somebody reads my bio, I literally hey. feel like that's not me. I, you know, I feel like they're talking about someone else, literally. And,
1: and I, I don't... There's not author on here. Oh, there is. Best, sorry, best-selling author, because mm-hmm. you've written five books? Five. Five books. Five, Ugh. yeah. Okay. And, and here's the... Um, I don't want to get people's hopes up, but like for right now, Keon just not taking clients, <laughs> but, but shoot your shot still. Like, like just, I'm just now gonna, I'm going to get influx. You're going to get influx. A yeah. calls, I'm emails, you, DMs. Just wait, just wait. Till you know, and this.
0: even if people can't reach me for therapy. There's yeah. always other resources that I sure. have, right? I have a yeah. couples network. I have all types of things that they can stay connected with me on, books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do webinars, all kind of stuff. It's so. funny
1: you mentioned that because um, I was doing my, my background on you yesterday and you have courses. I do. You have a lot of courses. I do have a lot of courses. Like I'm going to buy the, um, the, um, keynote speaker course. Nice. Yeah. Cause I was like, oh, I, I need this. And then again, marital course, You got a lot.
0: I do have a lot because people see all the things that I do, especially therapists, right? Right. Like a lot of therapists don't really do as much as I do, right? They just like, nope, I'm going to stay in my office, Mm -hmm. see clients, and that's it. But I get a lot of people who want to have a broader reach. And so they're like, how do you do this speaker thing, Kianja? help Mm -hmm. me. And so I started to create courses. And so that's one of the the things that I love to do on the side is like to really help New and emerging speakers. Yeah, for even sure. Even if you're not a therapist, like if you're just like, let me learn some stuff. Like, yeah, how about you girl? Yeah,
1: I was gonna say. I mean, you have you have more to offer, which is great, and hopefully, um, you have some room to to add people to your clientele list. Um, it's a blessing. That's all I can like say. Exactly. Back, right? Good problem to there's
0: have. There's probably therapists who are desperate for clients. For sure.
1: For sure. Okay, so let's give um a little bit more background. So we just mentioned the accolades, which are heavy, which are great. Um, you are born and raised in L.A.
0: Compton, Compton, CPT, which is
1: such a rare thing because this like LA is just a transplant city now. It is so to be from here, like born and raised, like that's dope. So go ahead, born Compton. and
0: raised here, like I know nothing else. Wow, like literally, yeah. I don't even know how to explain it because people are shocked when they say like, "Yeah, are you from here?" I'm like, "Yes, I'm literally from here." <laughs>
2: <laughs> Not lying, like my
0: family's from here, like everyone's here. Yeah, and so it's pretty dope, you know, and mm-hmm. to. I guess you can say to have someone who comes from a place that's known for not so good things sure. all the time. I mean, sure. there's some dope people that come out of Compton, of right? Yeah, we yeah, can yeah. drop all the names, mm-hmm. but it has a history of not being so great. Yeah. And, you know, to get the opportunity to do all the things that I do and mm-hmm. to say that I come from Compton, like it really gives yeah. other girls, boys, whoever. Totally. Yeah,
1: it's a deeper meaning. Yeah. For sure. They're like, yo, it. if
0: she can do it, is she from Compton? Yeah. Like, I can do it too. For sure. So that's why. That's the driving force for me, too. Yeah, I was
1: going to say it's one of those things where you. You see it on TV or you see it, you know, wherever and you're like, yeah, they probably come from this, this, this. You're like, actually, no, this is the situation. Like you said, if I can do it, you can do it, which is Absolutely. super empowering.
0: But trust me, my story wasn't,
1: <laughs> it oh. wasn't Peaches.
0: <laughs> Let's be clear about right. that. You know, yeah. that's another episode for sure. another day or when I write my autobiography, exactly, you'll get the full story, exactly. but it wasn't always great, you yeah. know? And I think that's also what fuels me to keep going because it's like, you know what? Yeah, I got to break all of these generational yeah. patterns and mm. cycles. Cycles in my family that is just not cool. You well, don't know? don't
1: fast forward in the episode now because we're <laughs> going to get into all this. I love it. I love it. Um, okay, so again, the overall premise of this episode is all things therapy, probably more of an emphasis on um, marital therapy, relationship therapy. Um, I want to start off by it's funny you said the Compton sometimes has a bad rep. I think therapy. a bad rep. I think when, at least for me growing up, you know, when I, because I've been in therapy since I was nine. And so I was so embarrassed to tell people I was in therapy. Um, whether it's because of how young I was and you know, none of my friends were going through it. And then also just being a guy, I was like, you definitely ain't going through it. So I, it bothers me that people have this, um, negative stereotype for therapy. And the other thing is, is maybe they think something's wrong with me or I've hit rock bottom or it's not cool to say I go, but why is it cool to go to therapy? I want to ask you. I know it's like a dumb question, but I think it'll help out a lot of people. At least make them feel like maybe I can do this.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's a dumb question at all. Okay, I think it has a very unique spin because mm-hmm. oftentimes, like you said, therapy is given a bad rap. Right. I think therapy is super cool. Mm. Like I want it to be like the the newest, coolest thing ever. I want all the kids to be like if you don't have therapy, you suck. Right. Like that's what I wanted to, that's yeah. the energy that I wanted yeah. to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what you're saying is really like, what are some of the benefits sure. of like going yeah. to therapy? Right. Mm-hmm. And for me, and especially the work that I do, I mean, I guess you can say as a whole mm-hmm. increased awareness mm-hmm. for sure, being able to verbalize your thoughts, your feelings, yeah. to set firm boundaries mm-hmm. and to keep, hello, the consistency, Keep the consistency yeah. of the boundaries, definitely mm-hmm. healthier relationships, whether that is romantic or non-romantic. Right. Um. Self care. Mm-hmm. I mean, the list goes on and on for me. Yeah. But. I can say that all day. Sure. It's like you, people have to experience it for themselves in order for it to be like, Oh, this is, this is what this really, really is. And so just go, you know, just try it. Yeah. I think
1: for me, it's, you're right. It's, it had to be my own personal experience. Um, And I would never sell something that I didn't believe in. Um, That's why I don't do half the Instagram people that hit me up like, would you mind selling this? I'm like, nah, not about that life. Um, But for me, I will sell the hell out of therapy and I'm not getting paid for it. It's just like, I just know (laughs) it works. It's this free game. Like, here you go. And I said, you know, in the top of the episode that therapy changed my life. I'll go into it a little bit later, but When I started to get answers to my questions, when I started to be able to, more importantly, especially as a man, articulate my feelings with my words and not anger, right? Because anger is the easiest emotion to show. Mm -hmm. And for me, it would always be that. I would have all these thoughts and these feelings, but I wouldn't take the time to break down what this means, right? Like, let's find the root of this. Mm -hmm. Where is this coming from? Odds are, it's probably not even the person I'm, I'm dealing with. It's probably some childhood stuff. Yep, Therapy did this for me. (laughs) It took out all of my childhood stuff, laid it on the table, and every single week was like, Justin, what do you want to talk about today? Oh, you want to pick that one up? Yeah, go ahead, pick that up. Let's talk about how you were abandoned. And I'm like, whoa, everything started to make sense. And for me, that is everything to me. There's nothing worse than having all this confusion, whether it's in your head or your heart, and not being able to articulate it. More importantly, not being able to feel like people can understand you. Therapy understands you.
0: I want to also say too, like you can go to therapy and be really willing and ready, mm-hmm. but sometimes different therapists mm. have a different style. Sure. So you need to make sure that you have a find that you find a therapist that's a good fit for you. Right. That's the main. How, main how do you
1: thing. do that? Let's let's go there.
0: So you want, and to be completely transparent, mm-hmm. like I. I come across a lot of people who give up in the process, okay? Because it's not always easy, right? Sure. For some people, they find they go to the first person and it's click, it clicks, sure. Sure. it's great. But for me, even because I believe every therapist should have a therapist, by the way, mm. just for the record, mm. um, we we did talk about this.
1: I don't know. I keep thinking about right now. I want to say um, finding a therapist is like dating. I remember <laughs> we did we did talk about that, right? It really is. You go on a couple of dates and you're like, girl, I don't know if he's it. You're like, bro, she's I don't know. And then you find your one, you find your therapist, and everything makes sense. But go ahead and finish your point.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, 100%. And so for me, it took seven different therapists of me calling, having the little free phone consultations just to see if it's a good fit, going to the office for that first session. And I just knew something. Like, if it's something that's a little off for me. I'm like "Eh, yeah no Mm. right but when I met my therapist Mm -hmm. and for the record I don't even know if I've ever like said this publicly my Mm. therapist is not a woman of color she's not a person of color she is white Mm -hmm. and she gets me Mm. and I think right now we are in this space where everybody's like oh black therapist and y'all know I'm here for that like Mm -hmm. for sure um, a therapist of color color are out there but For me, it's not always about that. That yeah. person needs to get you. They need to understand you. Sure. There needs to be good synergy. Sure. And she was just that for me, yeah, you know? That's and I've been with her for probably a. T- since I was in graduate school, so a decade or so, wow. you know, yeah, and I haven't really seen anyone else mm-hmm. um, during this process. And so mm-hmm. that's that's important, making yeah. sure that there is a good good fit there.
1: So what happens if, if someone, again, because you could be so closed off going to therapy and maybe I'm only here because my wife told whatever it is. All the time. and <laughs> Unfortunately. But it's episodes like this. Hopefully that changes that. Mm-hmm. But um, what happens when the guy just comes home or the girl comes home and they're like, she wasn't it or he wasn't it, but is it be, How do you know if because it's just because you're closed off or because it wasn't truly a good fit?
0: I think that's a really hard, yeah, especially if you're the spouse, there's really no way to determine that unless you're like physically present inside of sure. the therapy room, sure um but I think it's just like an internal knowing okay, and hopeful and hopefully the person if the person is in a phase where they're actually attempting to go hopefully when they get to the spot where it's kind of like that sweet spot and they feel like someone is that person for them Mm -hmm. that it'll click Mm -hmm. there may be a little apprehension you know to go i've had clients who are just like i don't know about this therapy thing but i will fill you out for a few sessions and i'm like bet (laughs) and then now they're loving me exactly and they're making so much progress and they're like oh my god i should have been opened up Sure, long, long time ago. Yeah, so.
1: So let me ask you this, because this is something that I, I have realized. Um, luckily, not the hard way, but a friend of mine told me, I used to look up to, and still do, look up to his marriage as, as relationship goals, marriage goals. And I remember when I found out that they go to therapy. Mm. And I was like, oh no. I, I was single at the time. I'm like, there's no hope. Like, they got problems too? <laughs> I'm like, I'm staying single. See, this was, and I asked him, and I said, You guys go to therapy? Like, what's going on? Are you okay? And he said, Why would you just automatically assume that we're not? And I was like, When you go to therapy, man, it's, it's like you hit rock bottom. And it's just, it's just, you know, I have my own stereotype. And he mm-hmm. said, No, we go to therapy to maintain what you consider relationship goals. Ooh, and he put me in my place.
0: Yeah, because that is. He said, tweetable. I'm going to
1: therapy to maintain what you consider relationship goals, What you consider as I want to have what they have. It's just like the gym. okay? I, I consider in a lot of ways therapy sessions as gym sessions. A, no one ever regrets a workout. Ever. I have never one time regretted a therapy session. I don't care if I couldn't even see because I was crying so hard. That was the best one. okay? The other thing is is it, once you start to see results in the gym, you're like, okay, I'm feeling myself. I look, I look good. Okay, I got it. I see you. I see you. You're not just going to stop going. And if you do, what's going to happen? You'll bring the weight back on. You're not going to feel as good. So what happens in therapy when you stop going? The problems continue to go. My wife and I go to therapy on the best days of our marriage and on the worst days of our marriage and everything in between. But correct me if I'm wrong. When people go to therapy, odds are it's when it's too late.
0: Yeah, there's a a statistic that says married couples are those in relationship, particularly married couples. They go to counseling seven years too late
1: seven years
0: seven years too late first of all hopefully you even make it to seven years but if you do pass that threshold you're already going seven years past the threshold um so people come to me you know sitting on my couch talking about stuff that they should have dealt with seven eight years ago and it's just like bro (laughs) sis (sighs) like what is really going on here you know but it speaks to how we just let things fester, Mm -hmm. how we just sweep things under the rug and we don't address them as quickly as we should. And that's why I always tell couples, address issues as quickly as you can, right? It doesn't have to be exactly in that moment, but just whether it's that night, the next morning, don't wait 10 years and Mm -hmm. say, 20 years ago, you said this and that to me. And it's just like, I didn't know you were still holding on to so much.
1: So let me ask you my immediate follow-up question is, how do you know whether it's just nitpicking or it is something that you actually do want to bring up in hopes that that your partner can recognize it, be aware of it and hopefully apply the necessary changes.
0: My thing is all about like patterns and consistency, right? So if you see that your partner is saying the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. It can be the sock on the floor or it can be you not managing the finances of the home. Whatever, little, mm-hmm. big, small, but if that's the same thing mm-hmm. that's our thing that gets mentioned over and over again. Yeah. It's not nitpicky. It's probably a bigger issue.
1: Okay, Andre, right? hold on a second. Hold on. A second. Did
0: I hit a? Did I? <sighs> okay, so I take a deep breath.
1: I, you know, make the bed. Okay, close the closet door. Okay, got it. My you. Okay, got it. Damn. So Shay, <laughs> Shay's been telling me the same stuff over and over. Okay, cool. Got
0: it. You're it's good. so funny because even when we were having the conversation before this podcast on our pre-call and we were talking yeah. about that jar. Remember, we we're talking about mm-hmm. the things that you can kind of like put. Yeah. In? That's like one of the things yeah. like sometimes you don't always want to say, oh, mm-hmm. my God, you didn't put the sock yeah. in the dirty clothes this time. But right. maybe if right. you wrote it down, it would be yeah. different.
1: So uh, more on that, um, I was telling you that my mother-in-law actually gave us this beautiful um, gift and idea where it's two boxes, one's for me, one's for my wife. And we have no cards that we put into the box that are kind of just we don't need to talk about it. Just, you know, put this in your memory bank. Yep. Just keep an eye on this or just remember this. And it could be, hey, I really would love for you to work on this. Let me write it down. Let me date it. Let me throw it in there. Or it could be, I love that you cooked dinner, that you cleaned up. I had a long day. I really appreciate your acts of service. I love how it's positive too. Yeah, it could be positive. Exactly. Positive or negative. And here's the beauty of both. You know how when you're in the funk and you're in the moment of conflict and you're lacking hindsight and you're like, you didn't, you didn't say that. You didn't tell me that. Well, now I can go to my little box.
0: Uh-huh, Not did. only
1: pull that out, but pull—it's I like got the date on it.
0: You should put the time, Ooh, too.
1: I want to get a stamp. <laughs> I want to stamp it. You know what I'm saying? So that it helps. It and helps I write it in pen so yeah. people can't erase it. Exactly. <laughs> it helps out. And, you know, the overall premise of it was just so that you don't have to suppress your feelings. You can, w- you so know, much. write it out. You can just let it out. Because a lot of times, too, you just need to let it out. And it doesn't need to be spoke, you know, about moving forward. So I want to go into something that has, funny enough, uh, my relationship therapist from my last relationship gave me, and I always go to it every single time someone is complaining about the relationship. I say, you have to read the book Attached. So the book Attached, if you guys are listening, is um, by the author, author Amir Levine and Rachel Heller. Um, I will put in the show notes and if you guys are watching, I, here it is.
0: <laughs> I um, feel like they should reach out to you and give you like a coupon code or an affiliate oh, link. Oh, look at you. Marketing because, for me. Appreciate you. Um, you probably get a lot of people oh, yeah. who download that.
1: You know what? Someone told me recently, like, I need to have an Amazon store and I need to have all of these things that I keep, right? I know. There yeah, you know. go. I'll just, or I know. even bookshop. Okay, we'll talk about that offline. So, the book attached. Um, really quick for me, this book, as I have self-proclaimed it to be the Bible of relationships, everything made sense with this book from myself, from my partner, um, from my past, from my present. And then obviously for my future, where I want to be in, in relationship, it was probably the hardest mirror I've ever had to look in. I mean, it made me cry. It made me mad. It made me question. Yeah. And it gave me so much clarity above all. So I can't wait to dive into this. What is your experience with with this book?
0: So I fully agree with you oh, on okay. that. Mm-hmm. To be 100% honest with you, if you have not read the book, you definitely need to. And you, it's mm. so good that you can probably read it in one sitting. Oh, yeah. Um, But that is the premise and a lot of <laughs> the foundation of what I talk to my clients about and my couples. Because uh, if you don't understand attachment, and I honestly feel like we don't talk about attachments enough, period, across the board when we talk about relationships. Even like childhood, you know what oh, I yeah. mean? Oh yeah, So this is the foundation of every single relationship and you cannot have a healthy relationship without understanding your attachment style mm. and the attachment style of your partner or partner-to-be or whatever. Yep. So there's so many different types of attachment styles that are mm. out there. Mm. Um, I'm sure your people are already familiar with it because you love the book so oh, much yeah. that you have they, probably mentioned it to them, yeah. but you know, should we even? Yeah,
1: let's let's talk about it. So there are three. I feel like
0: I just took over. I was like, oh, I no, just no. became the host. Listen,
1: hey, first of all, <laughs> you're the licensed professional here. I need just remind me to shut up every now and then. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to guide you for the people. Um, okay, so I just wanted to go over the three, um, we'll call them popular attachment yep. styles. And then maybe you and I can identify which one we have.
0: Ooh. Humbly so. <laughs>
1: and then um, I will get into uh, an attachment style that I don't believe was in the book. Um, it's like a, um, a subtopic of one of the attachment yep. styles. Okay. The three attachment styles are first and foremost, anxious. Oh, that, that, that sigh, boy. Ooh. I took a
0: deep breath. I'm now, anxious.
1: full disclosure, ladies, most women are anxious. Yep. We're going to talk about it. The second attachment style, in no particular order, is avoidant. Fellas.
0: <laughs> this is for most you. Most
1: men are avoidant. We will talk about it. And then the last attachment style that is, again, of the popular three is secure, what we all strive to be. So, That's
0: supposedly the healthy one, right? The healthy one. That's the one.
1: So, again, it's anxious, most women, avoidant, most men secure the goal now a couple more things in here if you don't have the book yet this is what you can do and i will leave the link below you guys can take the quiz Mm -hmm. you can go online take the quiz i believe it's like there's there's two make sure you take the longer one i think it's the 33 questions is the better one i think there's a 16 Mm -hmm. one take the 33 one but here's the thing when you take the quiz you have to be honest with yourself when you take this quiz and also Don't take this quiz as, I'll just use myself, single Justin or relationship Justin or marital Justin. Just take it as Justin and be completely honest. That that way you're going to get your best results. And then lastly, and then counter, it's all yours. I want to say that there's a pie chart with your attachment styles. Okay. So you could be like 60% avoidant and you can be 30% anxious and 10% secure. So don't think it's just like, oh, I'm doomed. I'm this and only this. So let's get into it.
0: I love that you just mentioned that, though, because I mm-hmm. often think that when we put these, I guess we can call them labels or styles on sure. yep. people. They feel like that's the only thing that they are, that they will ever be. They can yep. never be securely attached or yep. healthy, like they're just doomed. Right. And I'm yep. glad that you said that there's presented percentages and things that you can do to shift and change and be better no matter which category you find yourself in. Yes. Even if you're secure, that doesn't mean you're perfect.
1: Exactly. Thank you for saying that. Thank you. So, um, let's get into what we may be now.
0: I already know what I, I am. Know.
1: Okay. So, why don't you tell the people, or what you are.
0: So I, and this may surprise people because people feel like when you're a therapist, that you're supposed to have your life perfect. You're supposed to, all of your trauma should be resolved. You should never get upset that you're just the best human being on the planet, which is the (laughs) furthest thing from the truth. Most therapists are jacked up, which is why we get into this field. Let's be real.
1: And it's, uh, I appreciate you saying that, but like you said earlier, every therapist should have a therapist. Oh, absolutely. I mean, every barber has a barber. Facts. (laughs) <laughs> carry <laughs> nice. on carry on
0: so I am I have an anxious attachment style
1: okay my first question is why
0: to be honest with you I can go all the way back to my childhood like and I think that this is where it originates yep for everyone mm-hmm. and then when we get older and we get into relationships it just shows up and just rears its head Yep. so for me I grew up in a very dysfunctional home my father there was a time period where he was on drugs Mm. he was physically abusive to my mom Mm. Um, verbally abusive for sure so my parents got divorced when I was 10 so there was just in and out you're here one moment not here Um, my dad was also a cross-country truck driver so he would physically be here for like a week or two and then he will be gone for a time period yeah Um, and this was my primary person Mm -hmm. who was supposed to show me love Mm -hmm. affection and to show me how a man is supposed to treat me. Mm. Right. And so, I think that is why I have an anxious attachment style because yeah. of how my dad and how my parents were with me, not purposely, right? They were sure. doing the best they knew how to do, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And I tell my mom and dad this when they hear me talk about them all the time on you know, TV and podcast, yeah. they were doing the best that they could. Mm-hmm. But it definitely had a negative impact on me and on my older sibling. Mm-hmm. So when yeah. I became older and got into relationships, it was just like, I love you. Are you gonna leave me? Mm-hmm. Please tell me you love me. I need that reassurance mm. because that was all I knew. This in and out type of energy, yep. um, mm. and I had to work on that big time. And it sh- it shows up from time to time. Oh yeah, still you're human. But I think I have a good good handle on it now, or at least I know when it's popping up, and I'm like, whoa, Keandra, let me check myself here. This is real. So anxious. important,
1: so important. Yeah, and you have the tools to to oh, yeah. thank tackle. Uh, first of all, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, and um, if no one knows what this show is called, it's called Who Can Relate. Hmm. And so I, don't can, judge me. I can relate to you <laughs> heavily. Um, almost to a T, my my dad was um, way more out than in my life, um, was physically, mentally, verbally abusive to my mom. Um, so that's in large part of the abandonment issues for me. And also, my mom, uh, people I probably know by now, and I also, I should disclaim to my mom, but she, she doesn't know how to watch YouTube or listen to podcasts. So Still. For, for now, I'm good. But like, Still. W- w- with, I probably should, yeah. Mom's hey, side mom, mom, I talk about you from time to time. <laughs> yeah. Once, <laughs> once, I, once I get the the big time show, you know. But anyways, here's something my therapist gave me recently. Because I don't know about you, but I used to hold a lot of resentment towards my mom. Funny enough, not so much my dad, because I didn't have any expectation for him. But my mom, to me, for a long time, and still kind of is, superwoman. Mm. So I had her on the highest pedestal. So I'm like, you should be performing at the highest level. You should be giving me everything I need because you are that woman, right? And so therefore, I was constantly disappointed. And my therapist said, Justin, here's the thing, man. You got to understand something. Your mom did the best she could for you. And it wasn't enough. And that's okay. Keandra, that th- that Shh. sentence or two made me look at my mom in a way different light. Yeah. It made me love her more, see her differently in the best way possible, and appreciate her so much more. People listen right now. Your parents are doing and or did the best they could. And large part of that is based on how they were raised. Absolutely. We live in a day and age right now. My wife is quick to always remind me. Give your mom some slack here. Give your dad some slack here. We live in a day and age right now where therapy is becoming cool, mm-hmm. okay? I am the president of the vulnerable sexy club for men. <laughs> it's different nowadays. There's podcasts, there's audiobooks, Very there's true. webinars. It's it's all over the place. Like if you can't get it together now, come on kind of thing. I'm sorry, but it is what it is. My whole point is back then therapy was definitely not cool. Men definitely did not talk about their feelings and their emotions. So for us to be so critical and harsh on our parents, because what we would do, quote unquote, in in whatever situation, we can't do that. So we have to give some type of grace. So again, your parents did and are doing the best that they can. And it may not be enough, but that's okay.
0: Absolutely. And I think the older we get, the more we realize things this literally and you just reminded me of something when you said this Mm -hmm. this remind and i haven't told my mom this yet but i'm gonna tell her like today
1: (laughs) mom i hope you're watching
0: hope you're (laughs) watching she's also not a tech savvy person so she would never listen to this um, which is great but i realized that she also is very anxious okay hers just shows up very differently than mine hers Mm. is more control Mm. This isn't where it needs to be. You didn't do this right when you said you didn't take up the trash. Yeah. Why is this here? You know, like very much trying to control what she can, sure. and mm. she doesn't realize that that's also a form of anxiety. <laughs> but that's also why I've struggled with anxiety. What's your as mom's well. name?
1: <laughs> we might have to say mom. Ms. Jackson. I'm like, Yo,
0: I am for real. <laughs>
1: that is so much my mom. Mm-hmm. But it's it's important to again make sure we emphasize this in large part. The reason why you have the attachment styles that you have is because of childhood. It is either what you were given or what you lacked in childhood. Um, My mom is a avoidant anxious. Um, My dad is probably a 90% avoidant, 10% anxious. Um, And so again, it rubbed off on me. I definitely had the fear of abandonment. I had the fear. Are you going to leave me? How long are you staying for? And they're like, we just met. I used to have this thing with women where I would have essentially a checklist in my head. Mm. They didn't know this, but I had, well, maybe they did, but I had a checklist (laughs) in my head. And with certain questions I needed, if I was going to stay with you, the right answer. And if you didn't give me some type of the reassurance I was looking for, I was going to avoid you Mm. because I was so scared of intimacy. I was so scared of letting you in because every single person that I let into my life, that I loved the hell out of and that I thought loved me left. And that's what leads me to say, and I said this last week, and, and I'm glad I actually remembered it now because they didn't really clarify it. I don't trust marriage. And the first time I said that was two weeks ago. Wow. In marital therapy with my wife and our therapist. Now people are probably thinking, what the hell was Shay? Was Shay like, wait, you what now? <laughs> and I said, honey, I'm, this is the first time I'm saying this out loud, but if I'm being honest, I don't trust marriage. I never saw it with my own eyes. I watched it on TV. I watched it in movies, but I never saw it. I never felt it. I never had the example. And I said, but here's why I married you. One of the reasons why I married you. I knew in my soul and my heart of hearts, if I was ever going to achieve something that I've never even seen before, it was going to be with you. I love it. It was going to be with you. I'm trusting you with my heart. I'm trusting you with everything I got. Please, let's make this work kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So um, I say all that to say, and I want to get into more in detail the attachment styles. For the women I know, especially it's a large female following, what we're going to talk about is going to clear up a lot of things. Oh, absolutely. But I want to say this. You guys have to be ready for this stuff. This is heavy. This is, this is super heavy. You, you said something right now, like your father was supposed to be the example for you as a man. That is the number one motto I have and mantra I have as a father. Will I be the man I want my daughter to marry one day? Yeah. So I take that on wholeheartedly. But you guys have to be ready for this information. It's going to be hard to hear. It's going to be hard to listen to and just really dissect. But I promise you, we're going to be better for it. So anxious. As I pull out the notes, and Keandra, I know you just went over. um, A couple activating strategy for an anxious attachment style is... Thoughts and feelings that compel you to seek close, closeness with your partner. You're only remembering your partner's good qualities and ignoring their flaws. Hmm. Who can relate? Overestimating their qualities while underestimating your own. Needing constant reassurance from them. Believing your partner is your quote unquote soulmate. And being unable to let go of your partner. I'm assuming they mean when it's a toxic situation. Yes. Would you agree with some of these um, definitions?
0: I would agree 100%. But I think the main one, especially speaking from a woman's perspective, is, was it the third one? About
1: Um, needing constant reassurance from them?
0: Needing constant reassurance. Okay. That is the one I think, I'll speak for myself. Please do. (laughs) And also what I see in my clients, right? So Mm -hmm. that means, and I I don't know if that was like, uh, probably because we're talking about TikTok. Probably seen it on TikTok. (laughs) But um, like these attachment styles, when you think about it, it really like, it can be played out in very humorous ways, but it's real, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it could consistently be you texting him all the time or your partner, you know, to see where you're at or do you love me? Oh, it was a TikTok where Mm -hmm. like every three seconds the woman was like, but do you love me? But do you love me? Yeah. That we in, but do you love me? And you know, you just need that extra reinsurance, mm-hmm. even though the part, your partner's like, I love you. Like, chill. Yeah. Um, mm. And so it shows up in crazy ways. Yeah. Um, and it also makes you look crazy. Mm. And I'm sure probably from a man's perspective, you would probably be looking like, yo, yeah. relax.
1: Well, it's, it's that. It's, it's, I mean, I hate that men call women crazy, but it's also, um, men also say she's too clingy.
0: Clingy. Mm -hmm.
1: which is a huge, you know, anxious attachment style. But if you understand that that is your partner's attachment, there's a lot of men out here who are anxious too. Don't get it twisted. That's true. Um, If you don't understand first and foremost, your attachment style and then your partners, you guys are just going to be in this vicious cycle of a back and forth with no clear cut understanding and damn sure no clear cut communication for sure. And it's, it's, um, it's going to be a rough ride. There's a couple more things for the anxious is, um, committing to a person that is rejecting you is in the reality a way of not committing. So when you're attracting unavailable people, um, unconsciously, the avoidant really quick doesn't want to move on, but the anxious person just wants to know that you're here and that you can move forward and that you can commit and you can give me reassurance.
0: So Which is why it's a dance. It's a dance. Right, between the anxious and avoidant.
1: Speaking of the anxious and avoidant, Those two attachment styles, for a lot of reasons, attract each other. Correct. Let's go over the avoidant attachment style. I'm raising my hand if you're listening. That's your boy. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) I'm working on it. Um, Here's some signs of, of an avoidant attachment style. Are you easily annoyed by your partner? Do you feel the need to escape when things get too close? Is it too uncomfortable to say, I love you, even though it's probably time and you know deep down you feel that way. Is it a burden to hold their hand? And also, as I can just, I don't even need these notes right now. <laughs> I can talk freely from experience. When things get too close, as I said earlier, I have a fear of intimacy. I go into a self-sabotaging because I think I'm self-protecting, which is a false sense of um, uh, reassurance. hmm uh-huh. Because I take control. And I always said last week, I, I am sitting and guarding and the, the man of this exit door. That's an avoidant. We're so scared that you're going to leave us. I, I don't know. This is not a fact. This is just my truth, my experience. Because of my abandonment issues and neglect, I fear people leaving me. That's also anxious as well. It is. And so when you have this common... um thing in common whatever I can't even talk about it. But, the, but when you have this thing in common as an anxious and an avoidant you can kind of gravitate towards one another because you do share that
0: mm-hmm.
1: but the avoidance not going to commit to that absolutely as not. much as the anxious would
0: and you know what I feel about avoidant mm-hmm. um attachment styles I almost feel like There is this fear of intimacy, but deep, deep, deep down inside, that's the very thing that you long for, Mm. right? And so it's like you're pushing away the thing that you want the most, and I think most people just don't know how to reconcile Mm -hmm. the two, you Mm -hmm. know, and it's hard to just say like, yes, I just want you to love me, you know, I just want to be intimate with you, and we're not talking about sex, it's just that closeness, you Mm know, Mm -hmm. and that's hard. Yeah, that's really hard.
1: It's hard. I mean, and and for men too. If you guys are listening or watching, it's it's okay to admit that maybe sometimes your feelings were hurt, or maybe sometimes it. I'm scared to commit, not in a self sabotaging way, but because I genuinely don't know how. Yeah. But it's important to really own your attachment style so that you can become aware of it, so that that way your partner can become aware of it. I agree. There are so many ways to because
0: being vulnerable. Being that's vulnerable. Really what you're saying. Thank yeah.
1: you transparent, all the above. In this book, it says if you are an anxious attachment style, if you are an avoidant attachment style and you're in a relationship, there are ways to reconcile to try to make it work. However, odds are, like a very large, large percentage, chances are it's not gonna work. If you're an anxious and you're with an avoidant, if you're an avoidant and with an anxious, odds are it's not going to work.
0: And I think what we're doing right now is we're putting language to the things that most people are experiencing, but they just don't know. They didn't know that like it was Like they're that. in this dance, this yeah. battle with yeah. their partner yeah. of like, I want you here, but mm-hmm. uh, 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 back and forth, right? And mm-hmm. they don't know why this is happening. Mm-hmm. It's because of the attachment styles. Yeah. <laughs> like this is literally the reason. And so that's why it's important to dive deeper into mm-hmm. this. And I I hope that, people who are in a relationship, they have the capacity to be open enough to even just take a quiz. Yeah. Like just take a quiz. Let's just start there. That's it.
1: And I promise you, step one. I'm also going to put, um, I watched this great YouTube video this morning about, it was a recap of the book. It was 12 minutes long. I know you guys got 12 minutes in your life. You guys can watch this and it'll all make sense. And I promise sent it to three people this morning. They sent me screenshots that they bought the book. So I promise you, you're going to love it. I just want to go in really quick. Um, if your partner has an avoidant attachment style, odds are he or she are sending mis- mixed messages. Yes, I definitely did. Longs for an ideal relationship. Mm-hmm. Desperately wants to meet the quote unquote one. Yep. Disregards your emotional well-being. Says you're too needy, sensitive, or overreacting. He or she ignores you if your words inconvenience him or Ooh, her. <sighs> that <Listen>.
0: right there. <laughs> okay.
1: Hey, that hit me. It's my turn again. <laughs> <laughs> that hit me. Let me, uh, let me come correct. That was me. When I would argue with the woman I was with, I would dismiss any and all things she would say. Sadly, any and all things she felt because it didn't make sense to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm like, what are you talking, you're overreacting. This is this is stupid, this isn't even the, the problem here. This isn't even what I'm talking about. But that's what they're talking about. This is their perspective. You can't argue or dismiss how someone feels.
0: Absolutely, you, never you, ever. You can't.
1: So I gotta it's take their ownership truth, of that, right? exactly. Let's talk about dating as an avoidance slash or an anxious. Date someone If so, the anxious types, they want closeness, Mm -hmm. but the avoidance want distance. Anxious types are sensitive to signs of rejection. Avoidance send mixed signals and come across as rejecting. Mm. Anxious types want to know where the relationship is heading. Avoidance like to keep things foggy.
0: Literally like the complete opposite. (laughs) Of one another oh, i know
1: people right now are like damn Ow. justin come on man that's how you feel well that is how i feel because these are the facts
0: those are hashtag facts
1: so we gave you anxious we're giving you avoidant but let's 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 give the secures their flowers right now okay secure types are usually already taken bloop bloop (laughs) bloop and the reason is because they stay with their partners for long periods of time leaving more avoidance available
0: that was like when i read and (sighs) that was a game changer yes that is a game changer because when you're anxious and when you're Mm avoidant you're trying to do better and be better but your goal is like i want to be securely attached and i want to be with someone else who's securely attached Mm. but if a wide majority of those people are already booed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, well, where they at?
1: And if where the avoidant can't commit, guess who's open and available?
0: <laughs> there you go. For the short
1: term, right? For the short yep. term. Yep. Um, here's the other but fact. But there's hope. Yeah, there is hope. There's hope. <laughs> there's hope. Here's and, and I would think the hope is, like, for example, I dated someone who was a secure, and, I, and at the time I was a heavily avoidant, Well, she became available because I avoided the relationship, okay? So they are out there, okay? Here's the other thing. That's a good one. When a person has a secure attachment style, they feel confident in their relationship and their partner. They feel connected, trusting, and comfortable with having independence and letting their partner have independence as well, even as they openly express love. They reach out for support when they need it, and they offer support when their partner is in distress. Ah, we need more secures out we here. We
0: really do. Can you imagine, though? Just think about what it feels like to be in a relationship I can't. with someone. Oh, oh I can. Imagine. I thought you meant me
1: as a secure. I'm like, I can't. No, I just
0: mean like imagine. Like, I have that. You being that and then being with someone who's also that. Like how yeah. beautiful. Not perfect, again, but right. just how beautiful that yeah. is where it's just not the daily ups mm-hmm. and downs, highs and lows, right. gives and takes. Like that's right. just... Well, the, the thing
1: is, 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 is thank God, um, my wife is, is, secure. And yeah, that's, that's honey. Here are Shout your out, flowers. Yes. Shout out to my Shout wife. Shout out to Shane. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I just, okay. So <laughs> hold another moment, but, um, let's talk about how do you date? secure how do you date and avoidant it's easy to answer the secure one but how do you date an avoidant how do you date an anxious if you are a secure attachment style i personally don't have any answers because i i am not secure <laughs> um i don't know if, if you wanted to
0: i kind of feel like well i feel like if you're securely attached yeah the other attachment styles would be a massive turnoff for you, mm-hmm. right? Because they're just not meeting your needs. And right. I don't wanna think about it in levels, right? But sure. I feel like secure attach is here. Yeah. Say, for instance, anxious in and avoidant, we're here with it. It's just right. like, you're kinda not on my level. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so it's like, why would I really wanna date yeah. someone where there's gonna be. Sure gives and takes and you're going to be worried about, you mm-hmm. know, and I have to reassure you all the time, right. and, you know, it, it can be emotionally exhausting to be with us. Well, <laughs>
1: let's, uh, I'm pretty sure my wife would allow me to speak on her behalf right now. Yes. There you go. She would agree with you. It's difficult to be with an avoidance. It's difficult to be with an anxious attachment style. Um, everyone is always so curious as to, I always say Shay was able to hold space for me while I got it together. And she answered one time and and she said, the the biggest reason why I knew I could hold space for Justin. So the biggest reason why I secure can hold space for an avoidant and or anxious is because of all the work that I was consistently putting in, showing up day after day, doing the work, having results from the work, answering some of her questions, reassuring her that, listen, this is not just a potential thing. This, this is a reality. Just give me a little bit more time. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's the hope out there for all the secure attached, like what we're, we're supposed to say single and, or hope we find another fellow secure, <laughs> like, no, because in the book it talks about the secure attachment style is the only attachment style that can be with all three. The only one I have here, down here, avoidance, do not date other avoidance period. Anxious will date other anxious. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever dated another fellow anxious. I actually haven't. Okay. Because
0: again, most men are avoided, well, right. <laughs> but yeah. I haven't had the opportunity, not the opportunity, okay. but I haven't dated someone else that was anxious. now. So
1: I want to know, I want to ask something cause i I don't really know the answer, but can your attachment style change? while you're in the relationship like love language is another huge book I'm um, Gary Chapman huge component of yes your love language can change Mm -hmm. they change in time and they also can change depending on your partner do you think that's the same for attachment styles
0: at first I thought that that was like impossible right because this is like rooted in childhood it's just so deep it's just like nope that's just the way that you are and will potentially always be right? right if you're if you are willing to put in the work then you can shift and change but mm. if you're not then that's just going to be you mm-hmm. but I came across with a I came into contact with a client recently mm. and it was a very interesting scenario where I felt like and we both acknowledged that her attachment style shifted based on the partner that she was with mm. originally she was with someone who I I would say he was avoided yeah She was very anxious. Mm. And I mean, that's all our sessions consisted of was like, I think he's going to leave me. I don't know if he loves me. I went through his phone. I think he likes this other girl, you know, and it was just like crying and it Uh. was just like anxious. Right. To the T textbook. And that relationship ended because he had long story. That Mm. relationship ended and Mm. she got with someone else a few months later. Mm. I wanted to make sure that it wasn't a rebound relationship because it was so close to the other one. Right. <laughs> but I was like, let's see, let's see what's popping with this guy. Okay. So she dates someone new, and this guy shifted her whole style of attachment. Wow.
1: Was was he secure? I'm assuming he.
0: I'm. I'm hundred percent sure he was secure yeah yeah but he was emotionally available Mm. he affirmed her he shared his thoughts and feelings Mm -hmm. he was present even when he was busy i mean they had a lot of similarities when it came to you know the things that they enjoyed doing and i noticed the shift in her our sessions were not filled with crying and drama and Mm. i need to look through his phone and all of those things it was just like yeah Wow. This is this is what we're doing this weekend. Uh, and you know, and beautiful. I haven't worried about if he's going to cheat or I have no need to go through like it was just complete night and day. And I was like, "Ooh, this is possible." Mm. I don't know if it happens for everyone, right? Yeah. But I knew that it was possible. Yeah. And mm. she's like a textbook. She's like a case study. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's sense. that's
1: beautiful because it gives hope. It does. You know, it definitely gives hope. Um, and also, too, like I, I had a little bit like, oof, with the going through the phone, just to clarify, like when an anxious attachment style is with an avoidant and you're pushing, impressing, and doing everything to, irritate that avoidant like poking at the giant that the yeah. bear so to speak it's not going to be good most avoidance i'm only speaking from personal experience here again are always in control of that exit door and also let me add are most of the time looking for a way out already already
0: he never found out by the way that she looked through the phone because women are great of that course being sneaky but
1: but if you greed. get yeah it's just one of those things so it's like If you're hopeful that the relationship is going to work, don't do everything in your power to really feed into what you shouldn't be doing. The other thing I want to add, too, is avoidance unconsciously look for anxious partners because they make them feel superior. Mm. Here's another um, trait for the avoidant. (laughs) The ego is way too big for their own good the pride is way too big for their own good and if you do anything to jeopardize those two the avoidance out yeah it is a whole wrap yeah. um i want to go into ways that we can maybe just again help the people who have any of these attachment styles what i looked up was um there's a, there's a three-step process and one was be, sp- be specific you want to be very specific with what it is that you are, Yeah. your attachment style, what it is that you need and you're desiring and then understanding your partner's um, same in return. Don't blame. I think what they're referring to with the don't blame, if I can relate to it is again, this stems in large part from childhood. So just, just be careful, right? Because if the person is just totally unaware of where it stems from, like I have such a soft spot in my heart for them because you know, it's, it's so deep-rooted, so heavy that they're not even like on the, on the atmosphere of that. The third thing is, is be assertive and unapologetic. I want to, that perfectly leads me into the unapologetic, <laughs> I want to go into... I'm sorry. Did, 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 did add add some. I'm so sorry. No, no. No, no, no. Okay.
0: Let's continue because okay. you you're going yeah. in the direction that I'm like okay. about to go into.
1: Okay. I get so passionate, I get caught up and I'm like, um, I got I have a guest here. Let me let you let you speak. <laughs> um, so the one thing I wanted to really hone in on here is um the woman and or man who knows you're with an attachment style that it's just not going to work. But you either A don't know how to have this uncomfortable conversation with them. Yeah. Or B you keep allowing that person to treat you how they want to and you're lacking some self-worth the floor is yours.
0: The self-worth piece is massive yeah. because you have to know yours and you have to be secure in it mm-hmm. and you can't play with that Yeah, because what you allow people to do, they will do time and time again right Mm -hmm. so when we talk about self-work we're talking about self-love too we're talking about how we value ourselves it's also inclusive of boundaries like it includes so much Mm. but when you allow people to keep doing the same thing over and over to you and you know that it's not good it's not healthy toxic or whatever the case may be they're going to keep doing it because you've allowed them to do it but when there comes a point where you're saying no more. This mm-hmm. is my line. Mm-hmm. This is my boundary. You're probably gonna get a little bit or a lot of bit <laughs> yeah. of pushback, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you're not lowering your standards and you know what you deserve. Yeah. And I can speak to this from a personal perspective because this literally just happened to me oh. in a dating situation. You Ooh. guys are getting stuff hot off the press, JD. Like,
1: I appreciate you. Fresh. You heard it heard okay. first. Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: I was dating someone. I'm, I'm having a change. Uh, Anxious attachment style. Mm. He appeared to also be um, avoidant. But there was repeated times where this man consistently did not keep his word for me. Mm. I value, just one of my values in general is being consistent, being honest, and being trustworthy. Those I value those high.
1: And they should be simple There should be for
0: anybody. Those should be anybody. (laughs) But that's just me. And I value them very highly. And so Mm. if it's like, if you're courting me and you're pursuing me and you say you really like me, like... Just keep your word. Like you say, you're going to come see me. You should probably show up, you know, literally show up. And if you can't, you should probably call me, communicate and say, hey, something came up. I'll make it up to you. Mm -hmm. That's healthy. That's secured. Right. And Mm -hmm. so consistently just didn't show up for your girl. Yeah. And he's fine. Ladies, Mm. this man is fine. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean. I'm I'm a taller female, so, you know, I like a good tall, dark-skinned, bearded, Mm -hmm. chocolate drop. You know, he just met all the physical aspects of that. And it was easy for me to continue just to stay with it, right? Because he's so fine. I'm just like, dang. And I literally, Mm. this was the battle internally for me. It was like, but he... But he's so fine, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's not consistent, but he's mm-hmm. so fine, mm-hmm. you know? But there came a line for me where it was just like, is this how I want my partner to show up for me? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. How can I be America's number one relationship therapist with a jacked-up mm-hmm. relationship? I
1: appreciate that accountability.
0: I appreciate I'm that. not doing it, mm-hmm. right? And so it was a little heartbreaking for me, too, because mm-hmm. I'm in a space in my life where I'm a single female, mm-hmm. Right definitely looking to be partnered and to get married. Mm -hmm. And so when you think you found a good match and then it it turns left, it's it's tricky. And so that self-worth had to arise in me because I just knew that this would be Mm. so detrimental to me long term if I didn't draw the line in the sand. And so the line in the sand wasn't just like, okay, you need to do better and then come back. When you make improvements, it was like, I don't think you're someone that I want to be in my life, period. Because if you can't date me appropriately, you probably are not going to be a good, trustworthy, consistent friend. And so I had to make the decision to say, you're done. Right. And so Mm. I had that conversation.
1: Mm. That's so powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Please continue. I had
0: that conversation. It wasn't easy for me. Yeah. It felt like he didn't understand. <laughs> like it wasn't registering it to him. Like, well, why would you like not
1: well, can be I, with me? can I give you something? Please. Um. He's not used to being told no. The way you described him, he's not used to hearing no from women.
0: You're right. You're right.
1: He's not used to rejection, especially at the elevated way you articulated everything. It definitely went over his head. Mm-hmm. And he was also thinking... So I'll get, I'll find someone else. Oh, absolutely. Next. Absolutely. That's what he was thinking. But
0: there is no, JD, there is, there is no other Keandra Jackson Listen. out there. <laughs> he can never find another. Let him know.
1: There's only <laughs> so one you're you. you're lost, sir. Thank you.
0: But at the end of the day, I hope, my hope literally and my prayer, because I was just like, I need to pray to yeah get this away from me mm-hmm. is that he will come to a conclusion and a better understanding of himself, and he'll take what I said and mm-hmm. at least think about it, sure, hopefully the next woman or whatever mm-hmm. he'll do better with mm-hmm. maybe I just needed to be that sample or example yeah, for him, yeah, but that was the that was the goal and so mm-hmm. ladies, it's important to know your self worth do not let a man or any other woman, whatever your sexual preference is, mm-hmm. devalue you to the point where you have nothing left. Mm. Because I think so much we give, 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 and at the end of the day, we have nothing for ourselves.
1: Well, you can't pour the glass of water if the glass is empty. Period. Right? Something that um, I can definitely attest to.
0: Can I say something real quick before you? It just reminded me of another analogy that I give to my clients Mm -hmm. when it comes to men <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's like they like to give us these little crumbs mm. you know these bits and pieces yeah. it's not a whole meal Mm-mm. but it could be enough to snack on enough to hold here you over there. enough to hold you over you know <laughs> Yeah. And we have to have enough strength to say these crumbs are no longer sufficient for me. I deserve right. a whole five-course mm. meal at the best restaurant mm-hmm. ever, mm-hmm. right? And these crumbs are just not cool. Yeah. And you can have your little crumbs. Yeah. I don't want them. You know, they're not serving me. And right. so, yeah, like, that's, ladies, don't settle on the crumbs.
1: That's powerful. And and I, I'll remember what I want to say, but I also just want to keep going with this um, self-worth. I love that I'm able to have a woman on the show who is preaching self-worth and a value system because I can only do so much for women. And this is very important. Um, there's a lot of DMS, a lot of messages inquiries I get about self-worth for women. I'm like,
0: yeah. I can't help you I there. can
1: only do, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's so powerful what you said, because a lot of times I, I speak to these women and, and the common thread is basically they know they want to leave they're looking for me essentially for like the hard truth and or to let them know, no, there's hope, you know, because they're yeah. like, J.D., I want him to be like you. you. You said you struggled back then and now here you are today. You know, maybe he could be that. And I'm like, girl, look, <laughs> I wanted this. That's the key. You can't force this out of me, whether you're my wife or you're whoever. You can't. I have to want this. He has to want this. Yeah consistently because when it got hard there were a lot of times i was like you know what those single days weren't that bad (laughs) you know what i'm saying i like i like being alone like "Uh -uh, uh-uh no 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 (laughs) and and then i thought to myself instead of reacting on those emotions and god forbid making a permanent decision on a temporary feeling Hmm. i had to step into my value system the thing that i was going to say about about your um personal experience with with your avoidant chocolate drop chocolate drop um the thing is when you are so good at getting your exterior together you got the six-pack going your skin game is right your skincare routine is right (laughs) you got the nice car you know i know how to articulate myself i know my red wines and my whites you know what i'm saying i know the restaurant game when you're so good at just finessing the exterior It's a distraction to not be exposed on the interior. Yeah, I only know that because that was me. That was me. I bought the nice car, I bought the nice clothes, I bought all the smell goods. I was gonna distract the hell out of you.
0: <laughs> so good.
1: I was gonna pump fake you that you're like, I don't even hoop, but I'm, I wanna <laughs> shoot. You know what I'm saying? Like I was gonna do it all. Because it was gonna, it was gonna totally take you away from exposing my flaws, my imperfections, my wounds, my triggers, my bad habits. And I got away with it for a long time because of my looks, because of my mouthpiece, because of all that I brought to the table ex- externally. And then I met my wife and it's um, a whole nother episode, <laughs> but basically Shay <laughs> said without saying what else you got? Ooh. Keandra. I, I said, what you mean? This No good? I got, I got this, this, this. No, that, that's great. What else? I uh, love it. I love it. I was stuck. And she might as well have said, this is great. But what I'm not going to fall for is this again. I'm not falling for the shiny objects anymore. Because as J. Cole so beautifully said, everything that glitters ain't gold wow i know okay um to sum up that section I, please. like
0: i will honestly say and it's so cliche but like when a person shows you who they are like just believe them
1: Kendra, are you watching my episodes
0: i do watch. Is you, that, but
1: that's what your boy constantly <laughs> preaches people will show you who they are it's up to you whether or not you want to believe
0: them. and honestly i don't believe that you should like when someone does something that you don't like no you just drop them no no, them no, no the first no. time right we're talking about repeated behavior right. no change no progress no nothing then yeah. it's just like okay this is ridiculous everyone
1: around you's like girl like we've been you still you complaining you about like, this yeah come on bro <laughs> what exactly um i want to quote something you sent me on instagram mm-hmm. and the source is connecting to love the number two Connecting the number two, love. The reason you are so inclined to fight for a pointless relationship is because you're trying to heal your attachment wounds, not save the relationship. When you're anxiously attached, you can't handle any form of disconnection to soothe the pain you fight tirelessly to repair. Even if the relationship is toxic, you fight for connection.
0: I honestly feel like I don't even have anything to say about that because it's just so good the way it Mm. is. And that's why I sent it to you, right? Like, I feel like the universe knew we were having this conversation today. Like here, And last night when I'm just scrolling aimlessly, I was just like, oh, this Mm -hmm. is good for me and JD's conversation. Oh, yeah. Forward. Oh,
1: yeah. So.
0: It's not even about the relationship. It's about mm -hmm. healing that attachment wound.
1: I always say Uh on here, you repeat what you don't repair. Fact. So I have a a personal selfish question for you.
0: And I might have an answer for you. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Curveball. Is this in the notes? I'm just kidding. uh, (laughs)
1: kidding. I think it is. Um, I think I'm a a relationship therapy, just overall therapy junkie. I think I have like a, a like I'm a crack addict. I have like a, <laughs> like a serious problem. Like, I, I yo, doc, you <laughs> in the session? You good? You good at one o'clock, two o'clock? Okay, cool. I'll, I'll be ready. You know what I mean? And so I, <laughs> my question is, can someone have too much therapy? I'm, I'm going to give you a little bit more time because I, I, I might be able to help you with some more context. Go for the it. The reason why I ask is because it's like one of those things where when you're a kid and you're trying to ride a bike, mm-hmm. you keep the training wheels on as long as possible. Until your mom or dad or whoever is like, okay, junior, okay, little lady, it's time to take off these training wheels. You're ready to get out there. And if you fall, it's okay. You're going to get back up. Make sure you got your elbow pads on, your knee pads on, your helmet on. I felt for a long time like I was riding the bike on training wheels in therapy. And I was so afraid to take off the training wheels. I'm not going to ever stop going to therapy. But I was doing like three sessions a week. Is there such a thing as too much therapy to where you create this bubble around you where you're like, I can't go out there and try to see if this, because I don't want to get, I came from a large, so can you have too much therapy?
0: Yeah, so, <laughs> and I'm going to say this in my language, but this is not therapeutic language. Sure. For the record, because people will try to come for me like, what? Sure. <laughs> I have kicked people out of therapy before. Okay.
1: Like, take off these wheels, get out there, you're good. Yes. Okay.
0: Like, we have done enough work. You're in a great space. You have the tools, the techniques, everything. You're good. Yeah. You're not perfect, but you're good. Yes. Yes. I'm always going to be here. You can come back, right? The door to therapy is never like closed and locked forever. Mm -hmm. But I want you to fly, little birdie. I want you to go out and apply everything that Mm -hmm. you have learned in here. Mm -hmm. And let's just see how you do. Like, I want you to trust yourself enough to get out there, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I'm a firm believer that probably people should have therapy forever. I agree. But there may be a time period in your life where you're just like, you know what? Let me actually get out there and see how I'll do on mm-hmm. my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if something happens, cool. You can come back to therapy, right? right? And Therapy's not going again. anywhere. It's not going anywhere, yeah. but let's just see how you do. Right. And yeah. I will call, and we will say that you have been successfully discharged.
1: Mm. You've graduated. So You've to graduated. speak. Yeah.
0: And what I've done for some clients who have a, especially when I've worked with them for a long time, I have clients that I've worked with for like five years. Right. Mm-hmm. And, we've had this therapeutic relationship. So there is a closeness there, right? Mm -hmm. I've weaned them off, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of having three sessions a week, we'll do one. Mm -hmm. And then maybe we'll do once a month, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then we might skip a month just to see how you do for 30 days without me, you know? Mm -hmm. And then we'll see and evaluate where you're at. Mm -hmm. And if I still feel like, you good, sis, you good, bro, like, Mm -hmm. I will kick your butt on out
1: (laughs) get out there and try some people have
0: came back like Keandra, i can't do this without you like it just was an epic fail and i'm like come on back baby Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and then there's other people who just went out and soared you know and i've never talked to them again but Mm -hmm. i just know that the work that we've done was so vital to them that they don't need me anymore and it's Mm. a it's a good not needing me anymore. of
1: course yeah that's great and it helps me put put some things in perspective it also makes me think um Uh, Eleanor Roosevelt has a great quote that says, um, It's a question. If you could do anything knowing you would not fail, what would you try to do? Hmm. I'm going to bring that to the context here because that's kind of how I live life. Knowing I have two of the best therapists I've ever come across in my life, I kind of have this feeling, and I also believe nothing is a failure, everything's a lesson. Um, But, anyways, when I go out there and I take off the training wheels mm-hmm. and I try things out, whether it's for myself personally, in my marriage, in my, the way I father, all these relationships that I have. If there is a lesson to learn, I'm like, great. I now have homework to take to my therapist. <laughs> like, OK, good. I, I got something else for you. I got something new. It excites me. No, I get it. I love getting answers to my questions. I love being able to understand what I feel, why I feel this way. And so that's that's kind of why I just continue to go to therapy. But also I get out there and don't have the training wheels on.
0: But you're like a therapist dream, too, because we get mm. a lot of people who are so against it or uh, there for the wrong reasons or yeah. mandated to be there for court or, you know, just all <laughs> right. kind of stuff right? right that can right. happen. And so mm. when we get somebody who wants to come happily pay us our rates oh, yeah. and do the work, it's oh, yeah. like. Mm-hmm. can every client be a JD like mm-hmm. please you know
1: <laughs> well again I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who are excited now to to go to therapy and are excited so, to, to dive into it to this. yeah I hope so. that's that's one of my final takeaways is um if you guys it's one of those things I hate to be cliche but if you're listening or watching this it's meant to be kind of thing but it's like look if you have been contemplating therapy whether well, it's because your partner's suggesting it for you or deep down you know like you know what I think it's time. Um, this was for sure you, uh, for you, rather. I'm sorry. Um, and there are a lot of resources out there to find a therapist. Um, I'll lean on you Kyandra for that just a couple of resources whatever you want to yeah, shout out
0: absolutely and we can probably add them to the yeah, show notes totally. so, so people can um, get them there's mm-hmm. so many sites out there I would mm-hmm. definitely recommend going to psychology today mm-hmm. um, there is if you're a person of color or looking for someone who is also of color as a therapist there yeah. is therapyforblackgirls.com mm-hmm. therapyforblackmen.org mm-hmm. there is cliniciansofcolor.org wow. um, if you are struggling financially and can't pay At your full rate, sure. (laughs) There is a website called openpathcollective.org where it's literally low cost, $30 counseling sessions mm-hmm. i mean that's just to name a few sure. that are out there so sure. that'll be a good starting yeah. place mm-hmm. and if you have health insurance mm. that will be the number one place to start before yep. you go to any of these other yep. resources because you may just be paying like a small out-of-pocket yeah. copay that's 10 20 dollars yeah um so start there or your job
1: yes yeah I'll, exactly if you're if in the you corporate are employed, world- You
0: could potentially have what we call employer assistance, which is EAP, Mm -hmm. where they give you free counseling sessions. So talk to your HR department to see what's available Mm -hmm. for your company.
1: I appreciate that. All this will be in the show notes below. I promise. Um, One thing that I forgot to mention here in the episode, but I I can't stress enough how important it is. And this hits home because it is me. I am it. (laughs) Okay. two things back to the avoidant attachment. There's also layers and segments to avoidant, right? here's one of them, the dismissive avoidant. These are people who have a hard time being open with others. They often reject emotional overtures from loved ones or potential partners. They self-isolate and can ultimately lead people to feeling relationships aren't worth the trouble. Hmm. The fearful avoidant, this is me. This attachment style occurs in people who responded to a lack of bonding by becoming fearful of future bonds. Again, I mentioned the abandonment, the neglect. They do, however, often still want relationships because that's hopeful. In fact, they may actively seek them out, but when the relationship becomes too serious or the partner wants greater intimacy, the person with the fearful avoidant attachment may respond by withdrawing from the relationship entirely. That was me. I'm going to say this last line again. When the relationship becomes too serious or the partner is asking for a greater intimacy, the person with the fearful avoidant attachment may respond by withdrawing from the relationship entirely. Let me give you guys a hack here. I was the fearful avoidant and the reason why I was trying to withdraw completely from the relationship is because I was so scared of being hurt. Here's what's a mind play for you. Unfortunately, I would never express that or show that. Mm -hmm. I would attack you. I would point out your flaws. I would tell you what you're doing wrong. I would pick and poke and all the above because I was protecting my ego because I didn't want to get hurt. I had no problem hurting you, but I wasn't going to get hurt. This is the fearful avoidant. I know this is going to sound crazy, but the ones who are pushing you away are actually the ones who need you the most.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: The ones who are doing everything in their power to eliminate you from their life, take that, I promise you, as a cry for help. I promise you it's a cry for help. I'm not saying to stay with that person, hold some kind of space to try to be of some type of service to them. That doesn't mean stay with them. It could just be a distant outsource whatever the case is you can you can have a tough love situation just don't enable but usually the ones that are pushing you away are the ones that need you the most they just don't know how to express that i never knew how to ask for that and even if i did my ego and pride took over and i was like nah i'm good arms crossed i got this i'm gonna be alone i don't need you yeah which is sad and it's uh it's tough. That it's really almost like a self
0: sabotaging behavior. Hundred percent. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's like the very thing that we want. Yeah. We're like subconsciously ruining. Yeah. You know?
1: Because we're so scared to get and hurt. Then you're
0: like, see, I knew I knew that I would never find exactly. love. It's just like Yep. Yeah, it's it's an interesting dance. It's it's tough. It's like um
1: cool. and also too, it's just because most of the time I think the fearful avoidant myself that uh, we wanted the guarantee without the risk.
0: Mm. But that's There's not life. There's definitely risk in love isn't? and relationships. <laughs> 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 that Ooh. is not life. Okay, Relationships are risky. They are,
1: but worth it. Definitely let's, worth it. Let's get into some fun stuff, some light stuff. Whew. This was the whole therapy let's session do it. in itself. Let's do it. This is time for the Rapid Fire questions! You have no idea what these are.
0: Clearly, I don't. (laughs) Surprise! Yay! I love surprises. Five questions
1: (laughs) that um, I purposely don't give people a heads up because I want the just the raw reaction.
0: Rapid fire, okay? Yeah.
1: I mean, it can be a little long if you want to elaborate. Here we go. Question number one: What advice would you give your teenage self?
0: I would say that. Your journey is not going to look like everyone else's, and that's okay. Mm. Even to I become a therapist. Like, I didn't even know I wanted to be a therapist till I felt like the what I would call the last minute. Like, graduated okay. high school, went to community college first, had no clue that I wanted to be a therapist. Just taking random classes. Wow. Just random, you yeah. know. And it wasn't until my last semester. I t- literally took a marriage and family course. Wow. My teacher happened to be a licensed marriage and family therapist. Loved the class. Loved the teacher. She Mm -hmm. just instilled so much into me. And then I just knew that that was my path. Mm. So, but everybody else went to a four-year college. I know what I want to do. And it's just like, that wasn't my story. Sure. And so there's more to it. But yeah, your journey is going to look different than other people. And that's cool. That's fine.
1: Mm. Um, Okay. Question number two. Again,
0: no coincidences in life.
1: Exactly. You make your own luck. Thank you. Um, What's one experience you've had? that you would consider life-changing?
0: The one experience which, in the moment, was the worst experience of my life. But looking back, game changer. And I recently shared this on TikTok. Hey, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Follow me on TikTok, by oh, the yeah. way. Oh, yeah. Um, so when I was in graduate school, my first semester, I was one of very few people of color in my cohort Um That may or may not have played into what I'm about to say. But my professor told me that I would never be a good therapist. And she told me if I was going to be a good therapist, I would only be good at CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, which is like one modality that's kind of sometimes looked down upon in the therapy realm because it's so easy to do, quote unquote. Um, I was mortified, cried, was going to drop out, Um, didn't thanks to a few other people in my cohort who were just like, we, we all don't know what we're doing. We all suck, you know, right now. And that was a game changer for me because I look back on there and I'm like, ha, 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 I'm known as America's number one and mm. you're, you were wrong.
1: <laughs> don't make me grab the accolade sheet.
0: Send her this link yeah. <laughs> to check it out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
1: That's beautiful. Um, thank you for sharing. And it, it makes me think of, um, I just said this the other day about, Instead of saying rejection, let's say redirection.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: You didn't get rejected. It just became that much more clear and that much more fuel was added to your fire and you got redirected. Oh, yeah. I love it. Uh, what is question number three? What is one mantra or motto you live by?
0: <laughs> I would rather for you to be 100 percent honest with me, even if it hurts my feeling. Tons of other models and mantras to live by, but I value truth and honesty at a very high level. And even if it's going to hurt my feelings, even if you're like, she's going to be so pissed or mad, sad, whatever the emotion is, be honest with me because I will respect you more. Yeah.
1: Honestly. There's a study I just uh, recently read about uncertainty is worse than bad news. I'm going to unpack it a little bit. Um, That's good. Uncertainty. Well, what's he thinking? Well, is she gonna leave me? Or, well, well what if I did, the what ifs of uncertainty and all that uh, involves uncertainty, a.k.a. anxiety, is always worse than just the hard truth the the or the bad news. Or you know what, your flight is canceled, you probably wanna get another one to get back home instead yeah. of delayed, 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 <laughs> rerouted. Yeah. Just tell me if it's canceled or not. Yep. Just tell me how you feel. Uncertainty is worse than bad news.
0: That's a game changer. That's a golden nugget for me. Okay, there you go. Still in (laughs) it.
1: Question number four. What do you want to be known for when you leave this earth? Think legacy.
0: I feel like I'm already in that lane, you know, and, like, I want to be known for helping other people change the trajectory of their relationships and moving it into a healthier realm romantic or non-romantic right like i wrote a book about family friends and coworker. you know those types of relationships it doesn't always have to be romantic but just healthy relationships across the board that's that's what i want to be known for mm. like that's the legacy
1: god that's powerful yeah i'm gonna sit with that that's powerful because
0: um. we're talking about this is it's it's mind-blowing when i think about it but the reason why i'm so passionate about that is because of the generational shift that happens. When I do better, my kids, 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 kids are gonna be able to do better, you Mm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's just like, whoa. When Mm -hmm. you think about it from that perspective, game changer.
1: When you think about that is in your control and you are responsible. Yeah. I love it. Last question for you. What does Keandra admire most about Keandra?
0: What do I admire the most about myself?
1: this sole purpose this question is self-love
0: i admire my resiliency like the capacity that i have to take a hit and then somehow get back up and keep going it's like out of this world um and it happens a lot behind the scenes that no one even knows about (laughs) all the no's that come with the work that I do or in this industry you know being in the, like yeah the the capacity to get back up again it's just I love that about myself because I could just take a L and just lay there and just be like see I'm done with this forever but I'm like I'll cry for a day give myself a little time to mourn that loss or whatever and then next day I'm right back up doing it again like that's I think that's a quality that some will probably envy
1: mm-hmm. you know. that's very admirable <laughs> Um, admirable. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. 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 Um, two last things. I want to give you the stage right now. Where can people find you? I will put the links to all your books. Um, I don't even mentioned TikTok, but Instagram website, (laughs) where can people find you?
0: So I am not accepting clients. (laughs) JD's going to have the world (laughs) bombarding my life. (laughs) But you can check me out and visit my website, which is KeandraJackson.com. You can follow me on all social, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Um And yeah, like I just have so many different things that I do. So no matter where you're on your journey, I'm sure that you'll be able to connect with some part of mine.
1: You're a one-stop shop. For all it. the things. I have a
0: joke with a friend. And you say, you do all the things. And yeah. I'm like... Yes, yes, all I the <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do.
1: So the last thing is I always end every episode with a moment of acknowledgement. And uh aka this is me giving you your flowers while you're here. I want to acknowledge the amount of appreciation I know I can speak on behalf of all of your clients that I have for you of holding space for people, creating a safe space for people especially men to go to especially i'm sorry for women and men but when i say especially men because we hold on to things we we suppress our feelings and our emotions and it takes a lot for a man to basically tell you i am comfortable not only talking to you but listening to you um i so greatly appreciate that on behalf of all men um funny you mentioned resilience funny you mention what you want to be known for because I can relate to you, but I envy that about you and about all people because it is our job while we're here on earth to do everything we can do to leave it a better place. Yeah. And you are a huge advocate of that. And I am extremely grateful for that and, and for you to be here. And again, doing exactly what you were meant to do. Like that's, you can have success without fulfillment. You have both. That's very rare. Also, I just want to take the time to make sure that you understand, again, the impact that you are having on people's lives as a therapist. Um, I'm sure you have saved many lives. I'm sure you have saved many marriages. And I'm not just talking about the ones that stayed in the marriage. I'm talking about the ones that left the marriage. Wow. So I'm extremely grateful for you, and I'll let you do. Again, I can't thank you enough for blessing the show. This is my uh, last episode in this space, and I had the perfect guest for it. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being on. Everyone, if this is something that you could relate to or if this is something you know someone could relate to, um, please share it. I know I threw the like, subscribe, and turn off notifications here. But in all seriousness, I want people to understand what we're talking about. We want people to understand what we're talking about because you will be better for it. Your partner will be better for it. Your friends, your family, everyone will be better for it. So as I always say, therapy for the win. And um, until next time, I appreciate you.
0: Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Of
1: course. So I always set intentions for every episode. Um, the overall goal is to help people, no matter what. And I know we will for sure. And again, I, I so gratefully appreciate you coming on. Dead serious. This is like one of those days where I'm like, "This is why I do what I do." Kind of thing. I love it. You know. So it's a it's another day in paradise for me.
0: Thank you for having me. Uh, of course. For the record, I bombarded his podcast. <laughs> I invited myself. He didn't invite me. Oh, to
1: finish that, um, I was going to say, you know what it is? is uh, it's still imposter syndrome for me. You know, I'm like, you want to come on my show kind of thing? Um, I don't realize that it's doing as well as it is and reaching as many people as it is. I just... I don't know.
0: Yeah, when you, I was like, I think I was on your uh, stories, and you said showed that screenshot of like your viewers and like where everybody. Oh yeah. And I was like, this is
1: nuts. Wow, I know. Like nuts. I know, but
0: in a good way. So that just really shows you like your impact. Yeah. And like who you're, who you're reaching, and you're doing some dope work. Yeah. Like,
1: Thank you.